Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In Fort Campbell, Kentucky, somewhere between 1974 and 1975, Alice Jefferson was living on post with her two small children and her husband and soldier named Lee when she suddenly disappeared. Alice's children who were five and six years old at the time, remember that on the day Alice disappeared, no one picked them up from school like usual. With no ride home, Alice's children walked home and knocked on the door for a long time until Lee finally let them in. Over 40 years later, with Alice's case still unsolved, her children believe she was murdered, but her husband claims that Alice simply abandoned her family. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the puzzling story of the disappearance of Alice Jefferson. The exact date that Alice Jefferson disappeared is just as puzzling as the circumstances in her case. However, authorities believe that Alice went missing somewhere between 1974 and 1975. At 21 years old, Alice was living on post in Fort Campbell, Kentucky with her husband and two children, six-year-old Paula and five-year-old Johnny. I want to note that her husband, Lee Andrew Jefferson, was not the father of her children. So her husband, Lee, was a soldier who was assigned to this specific post in Kentucky from March 1973 to July 1975. Alice's children attended the post elementary school in Fort Campbell, and typically, at the end of the school day, someone would always come pick them up from school. However, Alice's children remember that during that time, on one particular day, they were left waiting to be picked up. Eventually, they decided to just walk towards the direction of home on their own. When they finally arrived home, they had to knock on the door because they didn't yet have keys to their house, which is to be expected since these young children were usually picked up from school by a guardian. So when they arrive home, they knock on the door expecting to be let in, and maybe even greeted with surprise. Maybe their mother accidentally fell asleep or lost track of time. Maybe Lee got called into work and or Lee and Alice's wires got crossed and that's why no one picked them up from school. No matter what, 
I'm sure Paula and Johnny were expecting to see their mother and stepfather, offering them a sigh of relief and regret when they walked through the front door. But after knocking and knocking repeatedly, what they find upon the door finally opening is not at all what they expected. According to Alice's children, when Lee finally answers the door, Paula and Johnny are shocked and confused to find that Lee is sweating and appears agitated. Lee tells the children that he was sleeping and that's why he forgot to pick them up. And that's also the reason why it took him so long to answer the door. But Alice's children just weren't buying this story. Paula claims that it, quote, looked like someone had doused him with a bucket of water he was sweating so hard, end quote. And to make matters worse, when Paula and Johnny walk into the house and notice that their mother isn't home, but her car and her clothes are still there, they begin to prod Lee with more questions. Every time that Paula and Johnny asked Lee about their mother, he never gave them any solid answers. What's even more chilling is that, at some point, Lee even tells the children that they must stay out of their parents' bedroom. And to add to this strange behavior, Lee even slept in the children's bedroom with them that night. With Lee acting strange and suspicious, it isn't entirely a shock what happens next. A few days later, Lee packed Paula and Johnny into his car and drove the children to Arkansas to live with Alice's parents, and apparently, he never looked back. Paula and Johnny never heard from their stepfather ever again. With no communication with Alice or Lee for days, Alice's parents tried to contact the police to report Alice missing. However, Alice's family claims that at that time, the police weren't helpful and instead gave them the runaround, claiming there was nothing they could do because Alice went missing in another state. According to Paula, at that time, her grandparents called the police and even the Red Cross, but still no one helped. Even Paula herself, at six years old, helped call Kentucky police to tell them what happened. But they told the family that it wasn't in their jurisdiction. So they tried Tennessee police next, and they were given the same response. I don't understand how Kentucky police had no jurisdiction in a missing persons case that happened in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And if police felt that it should be handled by authorities at the post, why not tell the family so they could try that route? I can't help but think that Authorities in the 1970s just didn't care that this black woman was missing because on top of the apparent neglect for Alice's case, an official missing persons report was finally made over 30 years later, in 2013. Her disappearance was reported by a private investigator who agreed to help Alice's children with their mother's case. Even the U.S. Army got involved with the case. The private investigator reached out to CID, which is an organization of special agents who are primarily responsible for connecting criminal investigations in which the army is or may be a party of interest. So they handle felony level crimes that involve army property and army personnel. Unfortunately, the CID's investigation didn't bring Alice's children any closer to finding answers about what happened to their mother. The army told media outlets, quote, at this point, we have exhausted all leads in the case and are not actively investigating. However, if new information is discovered, we stand ready to reopen the case and thoroughly investigate all credible information." End quote. There's not much out there about the case and what law enforcement knows, but what we do know is that Alice's social security number has not been used since she went missing. Also, she hasn't ever opened any new bank accounts, and there haven't been any indications that Alice has applied for or started new jobs. 
Because of this, along with the suspicious behavior of Lee on that day, Alice's children believe that their mother was most likely murdered. They believe that Lee actually murdered Alice that day in their parents' bedroom. Paula and Johnny believe that Lee disposed of their mother's body and has held on to the truth of what really happened all this time. During the investigation led by the family's private investigator named Monty Vickers, it was discovered that Alice had a number of friends in Nashville, Tennessee. So he chased down the leads with consideration that Alice could have possibly decided to relocate there. But those associated with Alice claimed they never saw or heard from her during that time. However, police as well as her husband, Lee Jefferson, maintain that Alice simply left her family behind. Paula, Alice's daughter, has admitted that her mother was having an affair at the time, but she doesn't believe that her mother decided to start a new life. Paula and Johnny still believe that Lee killed their mother, and they fear that Lee may soon die without giving them any answers as to what happened to Alice. On one hand, Lee's sketchy behavior leads me to believe that it's possible Alice was murdered that day. First thing to note is that that day was not like the others in many ways. For example, the children weren't picked up from school like usual. They had to knock repeatedly on the door to their own home. The children were suddenly not allowed to enter their parents' room, and Lee decided to sleep in the children's bedroom that night. According to Alice's children, this was all strange behavior. The second thing to note is that Lee was showing suspicious behavior. If we choose to believe the children's account, then it's beyond sketchy that Lee was sweating profusely and took so long to answer the door. It's also odd that Lee refused to give concrete answers to where Alice disappeared to, and then he suddenly dropped Alice's children off at their grandparents' home and never returned. Why didn't Lee, Alice's husband, report her missing after a few days? To me, all of this behavior is incredibly suspicious. Was it possible that Lee found out about Alice's alleged affair and became angry and violent towards her? On the other hand, it's totally possible that if Alice was truly having an affair, she could have made the decision to start a new life with this person and left her family behind. It's not like these things don't happen. Although I'm inclined to believe that her children most likely knew her best and would know if she was capable of doing something like this, it's still possible that because she disappeared when they were so young, that they just didn't want to believe that their mother would abandon them. But even with this theory, I can't help but think about the inactivity with Alice's social security number and bank accounts, or the fact that Alice's clothes and car were still at the house. If she really ran away to start a new life, wouldn't she at least take a change of clothes for the road? Wouldn't there be other evidence, aside from her lack of presence, that Alice was abandoning her family? At the time of her disappearance, Alice's family described her as being approximately five foot one and weighing around 110 and 115 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. She occasionally wore wigs, had both of her ears pierced, and possibly an open-faced gold crown on a front tooth and two extracted teeth. I will leave a link to her photo in the show notes. Alice Jefferson reportedly either traveled to, has or had family, or resided in the states of Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, and Pennsylvania. CID investigators have stated that for the purposes of the investigation, additional details about the circumstances of her disappearance are being withheld for the time being. The U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Command is asking anyone with information about Alice Faye Jefferson, no matter how insignificant it may seem, to contact Special Agent Tover 
at the Fort Campbell, Kentucky Army CID office at 270-412-7881 or to contact their local authorities. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. Please follow and share the podcast. It will help bring much-needed attention to these important cases. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the LCL Pod and on Instagram at the Lost Crimes Library Pod. See you next week with a new episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.